This is a Daily Signal podcast bonus episode for Thursday, April 6th. I'm Tyler O'Neill. I sat down with Jordan Harmon, the president of Angel Studios, and David Helling, creator and director of the hit film His Only Son, to discuss how their film performed so well, beating out Creed at the box office last weekend leading into Holy Week. Now stay tuned for today's show after this. I'm Mark Guiney from the Heritage Foundation, and we are very pleased to bring you the next chapter in the Heritage Explains podcast. Over the years, this show has been so loved by so many people, and we want to keep bringing you the insights into policy and current events that you've come to expect here, while updating the show with a new sound, a new format, and some new voices. Most notably, we're excited to upgrade this show from a one-off format where we bring you different topics each week to a serialized format where we craft deep dives into hot-button issues in the form of seasons, series of shows that focus the intellectual weight of the Heritage Foundation on one topic. First up, a six-episode series on the biggest existential threat to our nation right now, the Chinese Communist Party. Check out the new Heritage Explains wherever you get your podcasts. This is Tyler O'Neill, a managing editor at The Daily Signal. I'm joined by Jordan Harmon, president at Angel Studios, and David Helling, creator and director of His Only Son. I'd like to start off by saying a huge congratulations on uh, making a crowdfunded, uh, faith-based film, hitting number three at the box office, uh, beating out Creed. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about the uh, the journey hearing, hearing to that, this uh, great success? Yeah, <laughs> so too yeah my uh, my uh, little brother actually well, he's taller than me, but he's my he's twelve years younger than me. He had said uh, he was like, look at his only son going full Drago on Creed. And then he <laughs> sent me the lead. He said he said if he dies, he dies. Yeah, like, anyway, but uh, wait. So what was your question? Okay, so yeah, the journey. <laughs> the journey. <laughs> Yeah, the journey of a yeah. Well, this is so. And thank j- you for having us, Tyler. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, thank you very much. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the journey with his only son began five and a half years ago. But the journey that led up to his only son began nearly fifteen years ago when I was a marine in Iraq, and the Lord got a hold of my heart and and opened my eyes to the truth of His Word, the truth of His gospel. And from that moment on, from the time that I saw, I could see the people in in history and in the biblical narrative as real people. I wanted to show others that it was real people. So I endeavored from that moment on as, as, as a heart cry and as my life's mission to illustrate and exposit the biblical narrative through film and to bring Scripture's truth from the page to the screen. And uh, so from the time that I, that I uh, was um, uh, honorably discharged from the Marine Corps, I went to film school, prayerfully uh, was led to go to uh, the Academy of Art University in San Francisco, of all places, <laughs> to begin my journey of biblical filmmaking, and did uh, biblical shorts for about 10 years. And then that led to when I began His, His Only Son about five and a half years ago. All right. And why choose... Well, let, let, let's just go over, like, this is a huge success, let me underline that, like bold it, <laughs> put it in italics. Um, where where does it stack up on the uh, with the box office release? What looks? How does it look going forward? Because I just spoke with Matt Ferracci and he told me that you guys have uh, sixteen thousand uh, tickets that people mm-hmm. have paid to pay it forward already for people to go see this movie uh, free of charge. So like. 
go yeah. into a little bit of what has happened here. So I, so I yeah. think there's a few there's a few steps into that actually. The first one is normally you know some people might look at a, a 5.5 million dollar opening weekend and go well, I hear movies that do 100 million in the mm-hmm. opening weekend. That's that's part of the story. Um, the 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 real crux of the story is you've got this beautiful film that the Angel Guild, which is a group of almost 100,000 people inside of Angel's ecosystem investors, and The Chosen, and Tuttle Twins, and Freelancers, and Wingfoot, all those people basically came in and said, we want his only son to exist. We want it to get out to the world. We love this. Mm. And this is a film that had been rejected by Hollywood. Yeah, and, and so because it's been a finished film for a while. Quite a while. And yeah. So. And, and so the Angel Guild gave it one of the highest scores we'd ever seen. And so we started going, not only is this a great film, but this feels like a film that needs to come out in, in theaters. And, uh, and David, little did we know, his heart was he would love to come out in theaters at Easter. Mm-hmm. That's and we had no prayer, idea. A prayer for years, actually, yeah. And, and so we, I, you know, I remember meeting with David and said, hey, what do you think of doing you know, an Easter <laughs> theatrical release? He's like, you have no idea how much yeah. that means to me to hear that. And we're like, oh, that's great. But, the, uh, but then the crowdfund, we did basically helped David crowdfund his P&A budget, for, uh, uh, and we thought we'll do a limited crowdfund for five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, P and A is marketing. Yeah, cost, it's your prints and yeah. advertising. Yeah, Th- thank you for the. the that's a terminology they use mm-hmm. in willy nilly in the industry, but most yeah. people don't hear it too often. But the um, but we thought we'll do five hundred screens, six hundred screens. We'll raise a couple, few, four or five hundred thousand dollars in, in P and A for his only son, and then we'll do a limited release. Well, that P and A campaign maxed out what, what he had put as his max, which was one point two three five million in less than a hundred hours, like eighty yeah. something hours. Wow. And and so we immediately went to the exhibitors, the theater chains, and said, "We need more screens." Yeah. And uh, and so it was a miracle that we were able to ramp up to two thousand screens. Yeah. Well, because y'all y'all said that we needed more screens, and then when they started seeing theaters sell out, yes. then the, the exhibitors said, "We need more screens." That's exactly right. They're like, "Hey, we got to get because <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. we started doing more pre-sales than people, uh, you know, people don't do a lot of pre-sales unless it's like a Marvel franchise." You know, there's very little in pre-sales. It might be 10, 15, 20,000. We had done, by the time of opening day, I think we had done over $2 million in pre-sales. Mm. And so people were like, we need more screens. And the theaters were really excited about it. Well, the beauty of this is um, a, a, a good example of this in comparison with uh, Hollywood is Paul, Apostle of Christ, which came out just oh, yeah. under a decade ago, did mm. 5.1 its opening weekend, and they'd spent significantly more based off of normal Hollywood estimates in, in their advertising. Mm. We spent less than a million dollars in paid ads yeah. by a significant margin coming into opening weekend and, and doing 5.5 million. I think that's really the story here is that you have an incredible film that ends up getting 96% on Rotten Tomatoes from the audience score. In the it's 80, at 97 now. 97? Yeah. Wow. When I, is, it, was, is it 97? I've got to double it's, check. It's but bounced it was 90, back and forth between yeah. 95 and 97, yeah. but it's got incredible audience score. It's got, um, you know, the critics are even uh, loving it. It's got mm. a, fr- a fresh score from the from the critics' side, and, and it's done so extremely efficiently, um, which we're really, really, really excited about. And so it got into the second week, and a lot of times theaters will, you know, cut off your screens for second week because you got... Super Mario Brothers coming out. You've got, obviously, another week of John Wick and Dungeons & Dragons. And not only were we able to maintain our screens, but we were actually able to increase... The wow. amount of that's the first bit. time I heard that. So that's yes, yeah, really so cool. it actually went up a little bit uh, <laughs> week right. over week. Are we which breaking is breaking news abs- right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> actually, probably. Uh, yeah. But uh, but that being said, it's very very <laughs> exciting to uh, to to see the response, the excitement, the efficiency that this mm-hmm. has happened at, um, and so 
it's just, it's just a beautiful film that is clearly touching people's hearts and such a great experience for Easter. Yeah, it's 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 really it's really special to see time and time again, both in person, because I'll go and I'll visit theaters around here because they have me here in Utah right now, and we'll go and and uh, and see people as they're coming out, and I not only hear in person but also in the comments that people are saying I'm going to see it again. There was actually this one lady who said <laughs> I'm going to see it tomorrow with my family. It's like wow, you didn't get bored the first time, all right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, time and time again, they're like I'm going to see this, and I'm telling my whole family, all my friends, and I'm bringing a group to go and see it again. Uh, and so my wife and I had the same. Experience experience yeah. like I liked it the first time I watched it I liked it a lot the second time I really enjoyed the third and the fourth I just loved it like it just got yeah. more and more meaningful to me every time I experienced it my wife the same thing and so it's just wow. it's a beautiful film well and as an Easter movie I think um, your vision for releasing it on Easter makes a lot of sense given the resonance uh, for those who may not know you know from what I understand that it's the story of Abraham and Isaac but then it cuts to the end well hold to wait, what, what did you hear we're going to talk about spoilers <laughs> don't, give, don't give spoilers hey, but let people journey through the movie <laughs> david hates spoilers but but you're here, here. but you're right Obviously so. it's it's an incredible easter film that ties in christ and in his atonement yeah such the, a meaningful well the whole way. thing it points to christ the whole, the whole time, time from that's beginning right, the whole to end that's because what, why it became more meaningful to me because yeah. i started seeing all yeah, the ways yeah, it was yes. pointing to christ it in the is. dialogue and what it did parallels the whole way through the symbolism, through the dialogue. Um, it opens up with a quote from Christ um, because that is what the Lord was doing 2,000 years before Christ in the life of Abraham, in the in this, the sacrifice of Isaac. He was setting this man, taking this man out of paganism, saying, I'm going to make a nation out of you, I'm going to give you a land. But before he did, he made a memorial stone. He made this, this example that would carry on and echo through the generations of Abraham's descendants until the Lord himself would lay down his only son on the same hill for the sins of all those who believe. Yeah, and talking about that that same hill, I mean, it's interesting. There are different uh, scriptural mm. references. There's the Samaritans thought that the that the sacrifice took place on their hill that mm. they identified with Mount Moriah, and then you know you had the the Jews associating it with where the temple was yeah. eventually built. Um, can you talk about that connection a little bit more? You mean as far as the hill and it being Golgotha? It, uh, so, so yeah, Jerusalem is built on Mount Moriah. That the the whole hill is Mount Moriah, and obviously the Dome of the Rock in the in the Temple Mount. Um, the Dome of the Rock now covers the rock where where Muslims say that that's where Abraham laid down Ishmael, according to the Quran. Uh, but the Temple Mount, they uh, many uh, Jews believe that that's the place where Abraham laid. Uh, Isaac upon the altar, but I think the when you look in context, the way that they get that, by the way, is because Solomon calls the place Mount Moriah where he's building the temple. I mean, yes, it, it, the mountain's a big place, but where exactly was the altar? Well, when you see as Abraham and Isaac are making their way up the hill, Isaac has the wood of the sacrifice that he's carrying up the up the hill, um, and he turns to his father and says, "Father, we have the fire, we have the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering?" Then Abraham replies and says, God himself will provide a lamb for the burnt offering. He gets to the top. The Lord stays his hand, spoiler alert, um, and he <laughs> looks behind him, and there's a ram caught in a thicket. Well, that's a ram. That's not the lamb. And that's not just a different word in English. It's a different word in Hebrew. And so the, the motif of the lamb obviously carries on through Passover. It carries on, um, and so it, that's another memorial of this lamb that is provided to atone for the sins of 
of of of the people, and then that carries on year by year um, until you get to John one, and you've got Christ approaching. Uh, John the Baptist at the River Jordan, he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Well, flashing back to Abraham and Isaac um, at the altar, after the Lord stays his hand, he's got the ram in the thicket, Abraham calls that place the Lord will provide, future tense. Not the Lord provided, because right. obviously that some people paint it as that was the provision, the ram. No, but he calls it future tense, the Lord will provide. And then Moses goes on to, find, to, to continue to say, because he's the one pinning Genesis under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he says, therefore it says to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be provided, still future tense. So what was provided? Was it Solomon's temple was the ultimate provision, or was it David? capital D, the, the, the descendant of David, that is Christ, uh, and who is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who on the same hill on Mount Moriah, um, outside the gates of the city, um, he was, his, his life was given as a ransom for many, um, that all who believe in him and his finished work can have life through him. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so I th- that's why I think that it's, it's, um, it's safe to say that it's the same place. Um, because uh, the picture and the parallel is too, it's too on the nose of it being pointing to Christ and his cross. Well, but Golgotha is, you know, as, as you mentioned, outside the city, mm-hmm. they claim, you know, that, that the temple was built on Mount Moriah. Is this just a mountain that's so big that encompasses the city yeah, as so well? The, or? So the hill, yeah, so the hill is, like Jerusalem is actually built um like on even if you go down the city of David, it slopes down to the uh, well. They got the Kidron Valley here, and you've got the Valley of uh, Hinnom uh, at the bottom. Um, that 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 even that slope is Mount Moriah, and Mount Moriah continues up to the north as well, and it spreads out um, f- uh, to the to the west, and then obviously right directly to the east, you have the Kidron Valley and the Mount of Olives. Um, yeah, so so I think it's it's safe to say because keep in mind now, um, the Lord at in Genesis twenty two at the top of the chapter he says, and go to the land of Moriah and there offer him on one of the mountains on which I will tell you, um, and so then you have. Huh. Then you have when Solomon's building the temple, he calls it Mount Moriah, and he says because it's the, the the threshing floor over which the angel of the Lord held when David was having his census, and they had the plague going on in the people, um, and and all these people were dying in in a matter of hours, and and he looks up north of his palace, so he's looking up at the threshing floor, I think of Onan, um, and he sees the angel of the Lord between heaven and earth with his sword drawn. And it says over that threshing floor on Mount Moriah is where Solomon built the temple. Um, and that is, now did that place just become known as Mount Moriah? Because the Lord says the mountains, uh, one of the mountains in the land of Moriah. So even if it isn't exactly on the mount, on the slope of Moriah, and it happens to be on Mount, what is now Mount Zion um, to, uh, to the east, um, it, which is still, you know, broader Jerusalem encompasses, um, then I think it, it still would be the place where, where the Lord gave his only son and the wood was placed on his back and he carried it up and he is the lamb that the Lord provided for the offering. Um, 
and, and the ultimate provision that was the future tense. The future tense of, of both Abraham and Moses in their testimony was pointing forward, and it wasn't to, to Solomon's temple, it was to Christ, to the Lamb who was for the offering. So that's my, that's my take, but I think there's, there's scriptural precedent uh, for that. Yeah, and why his only son as the branding? You know, you didn't go with... You know, the story of Isaac, you didn't go with Abraham, you know, as, as the... Well, with a few the, comments on social media, like, how does Ishmael feel about the yeah, title? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because uh, that's that's the point. I mean, exactly what I just... Well, for one... Um, the scriptures actually... Because it's not really right. talking it's, about it's, well, Isaac. The scriptures yeah. do refer to it in one scenario. Yes. In, um, What's the chapter in Genesis? It's 12, No, Genesis, Genesis 12, 22, 22. Genesis 22, the Lord says three times... So you've got that 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 triunity of verses, right? You've got three times referenced your your son, your only son, your son, your only son, your, your son, son, your, your only, only son. son. You he says, well, yeah, but he says that at the beginning, he says it once, and then after the Lord stays his hand, he calls Isaac his only son two times. Why? When he had Ishmael, and later on, he has more sons with Keturah after the death of Sarah. Um, why would he say his only son? Well, it's to build a motif. It's to point to something the one who would be provided. And just like you see in Zechariah 12, where the only son motif is, is, is continued in the future tense through the prophet Zechariah, prophesying about 500 years before Christ, and it says they will look on him, as in, as in Israel, will look on him whom they pierce, and they will mourn for him as one mourned for an only son. Um, and As you so, can see, David's yeah. slightly passionate about this. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And would, would, the title, would the title sound better if it was Abraham and Isaac, or would or would it have more resonance being called his only and, son? And the way you just tie it all together in the mm -hmm. film and throughout, and at the end, it's just it's yeah. uh, it, it it fits. Once you watch it, you go, "There's no other title for this movie." Yeah. So, how did your service in Iraq make you realize, you know, come to that epiphany, as you mentioned, that these were real people in the scriptures? Because I think a lot of you know, as as you noted, a lot of people think, "Oh, these are you know, these are stories. These are people who lived." thousands of years ago, like how can they be relevant to me? And your your movie is making it concrete mm. for people. Praise the Lord for one. I mean, and glory to God for that, that the Lord would use it in such a way to draw people to the Word and open people's eyes to not only the truth of His Word, but ultimately the truth of His gospel, and that it can be trusted because He's had His plan of redemption in place from the beginning. Uh, the my time in Iraq, um, so yeah, so I grew up in a Christian home, and I asked Jesus into my heart whenever I was eight at church camp, but I was really just kind of living morally for moral sake, and, and I could just have whatever playground I wanted in my mind and do whatever I wanted in my mind and keep my the outside of my tomb whitewashed, you know. So, um, But whenever I went to the Marine Corps, I didn't go to church for like three years, which kind of shows the state of my heart, even though I would profess to be a Christian, and I would argue with with people about theology when I didn't even know anything about theology. Um, and so, uh, but, but uh, it was totally pride-based. But whenever I went to Iraq, um, by God's grace, I took my Bible with me. And it was a great study Bible, and I was spending a lot of time. So we, we spent the first part of a deployment in, in Ramadi, and then my team moved to um, uh, Al-Takadam, which is this air base right next to this little town called Habaniya. It's uh, uh, in Al-Ambar province, right on the edge of uh, ancient Babylon. And we lived in one of Saddam Hussein's old missile bunkers, and, and I worked a lot at night. So there was a lot of just a loneliness and time 
essentially in a hole in the ground, um, and, and I began to get really convicted about, I don't read my Bible, um, yet I call myself a Christian, and I got convicted over sin in my life, um, and it just got pressing more and more on me, and I got convicted. I leaned into the Word. I started with First Samuel, actually, of all places, because I was like, well, I don't read it consistently. Where am I going to start? And so I started, I was like, well, I'll start with the life of David. I'm David, so I'll start with the life of David. So I started in First Samuel, and, and as I went through it, cross-referencing to the Gospels, to the epistles back and forth, just began to see the depth of my own sin. Um, and how just totally depraved I actually was, and the goodness of the gospel of Christ in that that the Lord's standard is holiness. It's unattainable. So the Lord is so gracious, he came and attained it for us, but he was put to death, the just for the unjust, so that he could conquer death and atone for death for all those who believe. And the proof of the conquering of death is his resurrection. And my eyes opening to the truth of that gospel, but then seeing these I, actually, what, what's, what's interesting is, because we already talked about David and Solomon, but it was actually when I got to 1 Kings, Solomon becomes king. The Lord appears to Solomon in a vision and says, you can ask me for anything. And the Lord says, well, I want wisdom so I can rule your people well. And the Lord's like, well, because you didn't ask me for, for riches and for military might, for horses. and all, You're going to have all these more than well, anyone else, yeah. but I'm going to give you wisdom more than anyone's ever had. And I remember that moment when I was on my rack in one of Saddam Hussein's old missile bunkers, praying, Lord, if I could just have an inkling of understanding of who you are, an inkling of that wisdom so that my life wouldn't be lived in vain and I could be used for you. Um, and that's what I want to do. And, and, and it was like, reading has always been difficult for me, and it still is difficult for me. It takes me forever to read stuff. But I love reading the Word, and whenever it was no longer letters on a page anymore, it was like faces on a screen. And it was like I could see their mannerisms, their facial expressions. I could see them move around the landscape. And I thought, man, if I can demonstrate this to people, what I'm seeing, then people who aren't in their Word, like I wasn't in my Word, could see that this was real people. That, wait a minute, this actually makes sense. This doesn't seem like a fairy tale. This actually... This, this, for the first time I'm seeing this as real, and they would want to go and dive into Scripture for themselves and have their eyes open to the truth of the gospel as my eyes were. And, um, you know, what's so awesome yeah. about the Lord and so kind and good about Him is that I'm hearing those testimonies now already from this film. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's it, yeah, I don't really even know what to make of it. It's oddly a very somber feeling of just like, it's like I'm just kind of like in awe. I, I, I literally, the way I've described this last week so far is I feel like I'm walking through the Red Sea and it's walled up on both sides and I'm just looking up like, I'm not, I don't have anything to do with this. I don't know what's going on. And I mean, and even with, with Angel bringing, yeah. like finding this film <laughs> and we'll see in the trailer and say, oh, can we see a screener for this? And then, then putting it in front of the guild and it, getting the high score. And, and now through what the Lord's gifted them in their expertise and their minds of, of analytics and all that kind of stuff <laughs> and, and marketing, it's like going across the nation and across the world far beyond anything I could have asked or thought. And, and it is, um, it's incredible. Yeah, so Jordan, I want to talk a little bit more. I want to hear from you about Angel's business model and about how, you know, you discovered was his only son like fully uh, created by the time you discovered it? Was it a, a complete package or, you know, what, how did that story go? Yeah, so I mean, his only son gave us, I mean, going back to Angel's business model. So our, our mission is to tell stories that amplify light. And, and we love that that allows us to tell stories like The Chosen, um, like Tuttle Twins, which teaches kids about freedom and economics, like His Only Son, which teaches people about the Old Testament and Abraham and Isaac. 
we want to be a place where stories that amplify light, and we define that as whatever is lovely, true, honest, you know, excellent, worthy of praise. Probably sounds Philippians kind of four, yeah. Philippians yeah. four, yeah. eight, yeah. and uh, yeah. and so that that to Think us is our things. north star, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, but in order to preserve that north star, like we as founders and executives, we don't want to be the gatekeepers like ha- that has happened in Hollywood for the last, you know, hundred years. Mm-hmm. And and don't get me wrong, Hollywood is some of the best storytellers in the world. Like there's there's no doubt that they they're the best storytellers in the world. That's a shame only because you know as as Christians the greatest so storyteller of, of all time mm. is God and mm. Christ. Like they 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 are the greatest storytellers, and and so we as you know their children should have should have the ability to to tell stories in such a more meaningful way. And so for us that was really really important. And so we decided that instead of making us the gatekeepers. We are going to turn those keys over to the audience. And so we believe in what's called the wisdom of crowds, and we have what's called the Angel Guild. And the Angel Guild is comprised of all, like I said earlier, all the investors in The Chosen and Tuttle Twins and David movie and his only son now. And all those people become guild members, and they get access to prototypes and short films, and we call those torches, or completed films. In his only son case, he had spent five years by himself, you know, well, obviously, we had a good, obviously we had a good crew during production, great, and, and my and, and my and incredible partner, actors, Mendenhall, and, and, yeah, yeah, th- yeah, thank you. I mean, yes. uh, yeah. In the post work, though, yes, but, yeah, all the post I mean, work. The, the whole, his only son team had been by themselves for five yeah, years, yeah. basically trying to work this out and get it right and get it perfect, and they and they did such an exceptional job, but it, they got turned down by Hollywood, and and we looked at it and we said, the guild loves this, like they gave it one of the high. We put the whole film through it. And the guild came back and said, this has to get out there. Yeah. And uh, and so that's where we pull our signals from, right? Like I loved I enjoyed the film, but yeah. I but I but I wasn't like, oh man, this is gonna be a top three in the box office opening oh, weekend. Gee, like, <laughs> not 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 because not, not because I didn't think the film was great. I yeah. just didn't know No, yeah, who thought who would have thought? Who would have thought? Like God it, had a different plan than all of us. And so that being said, that guild gave us the first signal, and then we we obviously help filmmakers crowdfund either their production budgets if they haven't done their project, or in this case, P&A, mm-hmm. their marketing for their theatrical release. And that release. was also a first. That was a first. We had never done that before. Um, we're going to be doing that more and more. Matter of fact, there's a, we announced a film last week called mm-hmm. Sound of Freedom that's going to be um, coming into theaters later this year, and we'll be crowdfunding, help assisting them if they open up a crowdfunding campaign for their, for their uh, P&A. And so... The um and they also have their own rejection and, of Hollywood stories. They also have their own rejection of Hollywood stories too. Yeah. And so it, it's becoming this theme that there are incredible stories out there that Hollywood is not the the gatekeepers of Hollywood are not willing to tell, mm-hmm. and and we want to become an alternative to the Hollywood gatekeepers by handing over that power to the community to the Angel Guild and saying, you tell us what you want, you tell us what's important to you, and uh, and so we're we're thrilled to death that. You know, I, my, my brother uh, Jeffrey, I think he tweeted last week where he just said, the Angel Guild is a perfect example of it finding a diamond in the rough that mm. no one else could see or most people couldn't see. And and it knew that this was was going to be successful. Mm. And and that's because that's the audience, right? And so that's kind of Angel's model is we want we really want to be this this mechanism to connect the filmmakers to the audiences in such a powerful and meaningful way. And and then build audiences and communities around his only son, and now you know he's 
coming up on the Jacob film yeah, that has yeah, got, yeah. Uh, over. He, so that was announced during the theatrical release. Yeah, at the end of the credits. At the yeah. end of the credits. Stay, if you watch, stay tuned to the after the credits. There's an awesome announcement there. Mm. But you can see that, that it's how much express interest. If, I don't know. I didn't look. It's, it I might think be it's over, over 800000 It's like seven, $800,000 oh, of express yeah. interest of people wow. saying, we want another movie. We're willing to invest in creating <laughs> and the And they haven't budgets. advertised this We haven't all. even it's advertised it's, it. It's just been living behind the credits of, of the theatrical exactly. version and of so the film. Exactly. So it's just, it's a beautiful thing. But then going on top of that, we decided, you know what? We've got enough first here with a first time PNA crowdfund theatrical release mm -hmm. and a and a first time uh, doing a, a, a wide release of this sort for Angel. Yeah. Why don't we throw in one more first? We had this crazy yeah. idea that, you know, obviously The Chosen has blown up and been a worldwide success, and Dry Bar has blown up and been a worldwide success. And both of them have done it inside of our free model, where basically people are able to, um, once they watch the content and love it, they can buy merchandise, but they can also pay it forward to help other people watch it for free because we got to sustain this and keep it going. And so at the end, there's a call to action that says, if you love this, there are people who never have the money or resources to go watch films like this in theaters or any film in theaters. Yeah. Give them the opportunity to watch His Only Son in theaters. And, and we've been blown away. We've had over 15,000 tickets paid for. Wow. Uh, and uh, you can see that at angel.com slash pay it forward. Well, yeah, and, uh, and if you want to get your tickets, as far as if you're somebody who yes. can't afford to take your family this Easter to, or you know, or even in the weeks following, uh, Lord willing, um, to go and, and get your family together and go and experience this film and what the Lord was doing in the life of Abraham, you go to angel.com slash free tickets. Yep, free tickets. Angel.com slash free tickets and to go claim get them. your you ticket as well. And it's, yeah. and it's been amazing just to watch as you know, the momentum is built around this. Um, it's uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful to yeah. see how even what we thought would be best case scenarios has you know, God knows more than we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for joining us, Jordan and David. And uh, thank you for best having of us. luck. Yeah. And uh, and people can go to Angel Studios. Angel.com slash sun, S-O-N, to get your tickets. That's right. Angel.com slash pay it forward to buy tickets for others. And angel.com slash free tickets to, to claim your, your free, free tickets. Ticket. And that'll do it for today's episode. We do not have any shows tomorrow in observance of Good Friday. We hope you all have a wonderful Easter weekend. In the meantime, if you haven't gotten a chance, be sure to check out our evening show right here in this podcast feed, where we bring you the top news of the day. Also, make sure you subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts, and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day, and we'll be back with you at 5 p.m. for our top news edition. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.